If you've had the privilege of viewing Haida Gwaii Museum's recent exhibit, Skiakiaki, to start a fire, you'll receive a glimpse into the community's goals of energy independence and human resilience in the face of climate change. In the early months of the global pandemic and amidst community lockdowns, the Council of the Haida Nation virtually gathered the community over a series of six webinars on food security. These webinars raised awareness of and highlighted emerging needs and conflicts relating to Haida Gwaii's food system and about food security and emergency preparedness for its residents. Over the course of the series, it became clear there was a need for a coordinated food strategy and food policy toolbox. This kicked off the development of the Haida Gwaii Food Strategy, as administered by the Haida Gwaii Museum. Coordinators of this strategy have begun engagement with all nation members and Haida Gwaii residents on how they can become a food secure and independent community, a leader in sustainable rural food systems on Turtle Island. The food strategy report will become a strategic living document that can be updated, re-evaluated and grow alongside the community. The information in this report is intended to be used by any community on Haida Gwaii to secure funding and simplify future grant applications. The food strategy will link together existing policies and programs, showcase food system goals that reflect community stakeholders' needs, and serve as a public repository of local food system knowledge, making it easier for anyone in the community to apply for food-related funding in the future. My name is Koei Taylor and I'm the BC Museums Association Special Projects Coordinator. In this episode of the BC May podcast, I'm joined by two Haida Gwaii residents engaged in these efforts to strengthen sustainable local food systems. Emily Piergroves and Christina Jewell started Dirt Nerd Soil Co. as part of a network of community organizations supporting Haida Gwaii's food independence. Emily also works as the Food Strategies Coordinator, to help facilitate engagement opportunities that will inform the report. So thank you both for joining me. To get us started, Christina, do you mind telling us a little bit about Dirt Nerd Soil Co? Well, yeah, I guess it was just sort of like this. Like I had heard from one of my friends that soil would be a really desirable thing to produce on Haida Gwaii. And then I came over to Emily's house where she was staying. Um, at a time when I was about to leave Haida Gwaii, I was like, you know, I, I, uh, I gotta go. Um, but before I go, I'll hang out with Emily Piergrose and, oh, what about this idea about soil? And she said, well, I, I met this man at the Community Futures Office once who mentioned in passing that he was really into soil. And it's like, oh, the Community Futures Office, they give loans to small businesses. Maybe we could go talk to him. And then we with like a without really thinking through much of anything at all just went over to Mike Rax's office in Community Futures and asked him about the you know possibly setting up a, a like a community compost collection service and processing it on the island in order to create soil and he immediately was like well this is a great idea like let's do it let's do it all together like I have land I have an excavator and we can I can help you as your business mentor. From that moment with the, the backing of Mike Rax, who's been in this community for decades and is a very well-established community member and businessman, um, we, we embarked. Sounds like a good start to a great partnership. 
So since we're talking about strengthening food systems, can you share a bit about the importance of quality soil? Basically, the like when you're growing food, the it's like a it's it's really easy to just sort of like add amendments. Um, but then, you know, you're not necessarily adding them in, in, in like a good proportion. And what happens when things are not added in the right proportion? And it's really, really challenging to know what the right proportion is and to be able to gauge that. And it often actually takes like soil testing done in the lab, which can be really expensive. What it can, it can cause like issues that range from textural issues in the soil, making it sort of like really impossible to work with or it can it can like cause diseases in the plant or make the plant really susceptible to different diseases. And so, you know, like people do speak about gardening as like this really challenging thing. It's like a, it's quite hard to get a harvest, hard to reduce pests. It's hard to make sure that you actually get a yield at the end of the season. And uh, having good soil, having balanced soil really, really does a number to make gardening really easy for people. And um, also beyond that to make food that is also nutritionally balanced and nutritionally rich um it's you know really easy often to like just sort of rip out like a like a a pretty juicy lettuce or something but to make like a a really nutrient dense food you have to have soil that has those nutrients in it in the first place that are accessible to the plant and so if we're trying to move towards on how to buy a system in which people are able to grow their own food at home and they expect that food to feed them and feed their communities, then it can't just be food that's grown with the bare minimum fertilizer. And if the fertilizer also, if you're depending on that fertilizer coming from really far away, like from a mineral deposit, it's not really something that can be sustained locally. And it's also not something that necessarily you want to be eating as your exclusive food source. You know, if you're the one growing a lot of the your food that you're eating, you got to make sure that that ha- you, you know that you don't your soil's not missing some critical element um, that then you would be missing if that's all you're eating. So, yeah, there's there's so many reasons why you need good soil to also to make sure that there's good drainage. That's a huge issue for people. Make sure that things don't rot from from the poor drainage, or also to make sure that nutrients are held on in the soil. There needs to be certain textural qualities so that nutrients don't just drain out and leach out immediately once they're present in the soil, once they're made available. So there's a number of different reasons that connect very closely with food security. A lot of the soils in the communities here, like Gajangis in the south, um, basically like a lot of logging has gone on in Haida Gwaii. So where people are by the water, trees, basically the topsoil has been scraped away. And what's left is like not really has been neglected or uh, not really like managed to be a healthy soil. Um, and and people have an idea that like, okay, we need to go to the store. We need to buy those little sacks of peat soil and buy our like fertilizer when there are so many resources here already. Um, and so that, that was like, we just saw all of the ingredients basically for to fabricate a soil that were either being tossed away or people were paying to get rid of kind of like the mill waste. There's, there's kelp we're working with Daphne who is collecting kelp for food products, but there's some leftover that we can put into our soil. Um, and that has like a bunch of micro macronutrients uh, and also the food waste. There was no food 
waste collection and that's a lot of nitrogen right there. So yeah, it was kind of like waiting to happen for a long time, I think. And we're really excited that we can, we can bring it forward. Yeah, I get the sense that this is really community driven. And one topic that seems to be of importance for folks is climate resilience. And local food systems are a great way to create that kind of resilience. How has your work through Dirt Nerd stemmed from the food strategy? And Emily, do you mind touching on your work through the strategy a bit? Yeah, for sure. So the Hide Why Food strategy has has been I think the beginnings of it were at the start of the pandemic with that webinar series um, uh, on the CHN website. And there's a couple of pretty awesome women who have been working in food security on Hide Why that got together and uh, pulled a bunch of funding to basically hire me to be a dedicated kind of um, food strategist so that we could have a, a report uh, hopefully in the next year that will um, uh, outline kind of like okay the food food story of the past like what was there the traditional practices um, for food gathering and um, management of like berry crops and stuff like that uh, what what's happening now because there's a lot of awesome work um, that needs to be highlighted uh, and there's a lot of organizations that are kind of doing ad hoc work and we don't want anyone to have to repeat anything or, or you know, like do more than they need to when things are already happening. Uh, so we wanted to have a, a space to highlight uh, all the awesome stuff happening now and then open it up to every community on the island uh, and lots of different groups to, to say like, what, what do you want in the future of Haidegui? Like, how do we get to food independence or how do we achieve food sovereignty here? So we're starting by it's all kind of like community engagement led. So we want to talk to elders and knowledge holders. We're talking to municipalities, asking them what their priorities are. Um, and we're going then to, we're right now developing a survey to, or multiple surveys to give out to all the communities. Um, and we, we, we want to keep track of like, okay, what's your access to traditional foods, depending on who you are and a baseline of food insecurity data as well as like ideas for moving forward so that we can develop a framework for food policy moving forward also a great another thing we want to do is look at the food that's coming here that's on on, on all those um, refrigerator trucks see what people are eating and that way we can inform what might want to be grown here with greenhouses or more farming and stuff like that. So yeah, there's there's a lot of things that are going on and we kind of just want to put it all in one place so that if people in the future are doing any food work, it'll all be sort of like in one document and they can apply for grants easier, stuff like that. That seems like a great way to support and create a sustainable system. Uh, and speaking of sustainability, what does the future for Dirt Nerd as well as the food strategy look like? I think the future of Dirt Nerds Right now, we're focused on getting. Um, there's still there's still a lot of details to work out, but we're going to try to get two thirds of the funding for a new composting site covered by both the province and the federal government. And if we do that, then the community will have a secured space for a composting operation that could include different uh, collection operations. Could 
be just like a drop-off site. It's just sort of the, the funding is for the processing equipment and and the processing site, which would be would be excellent. It would allow composting to expand dramatically on Haida Gwaii. And that's sort of our our uh, focus for the moment. But um, we're also trying to just really secure ways to use a lot of the different waste products that are currently being uh, like underutilized on Haida Gwaii. We would like to expand to really be more uh, able to accept large amounts of compost at once from places like the grocery store and the different restaurants. And overall, like on the, the, the grandest horizons, we do, we are interested in using some of the industrial land that we managed to buy a couple of years ago to grow food. We'd like to, to participate in growing a lot of local food. And we've got a lot of ideas for how to do that. And it would be really great to be able to produce a lot of the, the produce that otherwise would just be imported in from California all winter long. Um, and I guess I, I think we're interested in making some kind of fertilizer product too, in addition to having vermicast and topsoil. It would be great to use the kelp or the fish waste to make our own fertilizers with stuff from the island. And for the food strategy, the future of the food strategy, I feel like is, okay, I don't want to spoil anything, but it seems like there's a need for a dedicated kind of food security NGO or organization or maybe sub section of another organization to kind of be dedicated to linking up all these awesome initiatives that will be highlighted in the food strategy. And I hope that the food strategy will, you know, it is a living document that will continue to grow from year, year to year. And I hope that it will basically kind of be the, the just, it grew out of the, the museum project, uh, Hill Clay, which I'm sorry for mispronouncing that, but it means to start a fire. So that, that project I, what basically leads into this and hopefully this will start a fire for food independence on Haida Gwaii. And I hope to see a lot more, more kind of buzz around growing food and, and having food independence here, uh, as well as, you know, getting traditional foods to people that want them that are, that are unable to get them right now for, through different, you know, DFO laws. There's a lot of things in the works to open up certain uh, fisheries and stuff like that. So I hope that we can learn from the past and, and make sure that everyone living here is happy and healthy and has all the food that they need. And I, I would love to see this influence policy also in the near and far future. We are just extremely grateful to be living and working and thriving on Haida land. And I'm really grateful to be welcomed by all these different communities and for all the insight that we've got from so many different people that it really like motivates me to wake up every day <laughs> and and go out and do all this stuff so yeah I love Haida Gwaii and I love all the people here so that I would just like to say yeah we're super grateful for the support of so many people who have gone really far to their way to help us out specifically Missy McDonald of the Skittigan Band Council she has given us so much in the way of 
very specific support and also emotional cheerleading. And also the Haiwai Museum, you know? Thank you. It's really, I feel really fortunate to be able to be paid to do this kind of work and um, very grateful for that as well. Well, thank you so much to the both of you for chatting with me and sharing the work you're part of. A huge thank you to all those listening for doing so. If you'd like to learn more about the additional projects that the Haida Gwaii Museum is part of, I encourage you to visit their website at haidegwaiimuseum.ca. So thank you again for listening and to Emily and Christina for joining me. You can find more episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts or through our website, museum.bc.ca. See you next time.